Welcome to Feeling Randy, a podcast where we are horny for female empowerment. I am your host, Randy Shover, and do I have a doozy of a story for you today. Before we get into that, since my podcast is still brand new, this is only the second episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about how I plan on structuring each podcast. My intention is to start each podcast with what's new, what's happening in my life, anything that I'm focusing on, anything that I'm excited about or annoyed about or anything like that, just kind of an update on where things are at. And I will be getting into the main topic of each episode. So each episode will have an overarching topic or theme that I will be addressing. Sometimes it will just be me doing a deep dive into whatever the topic is and other times I will have guests on. I've met so many incredible people through social media and I cannot wait to have some of them join me here. To the main topic, I will be then getting into any kind of TikTok beefs that I might have. As I mentioned in the first episode, I will be reading comments from people who send terrible messages on TikTok. I will be sharing usernames and I will be sharing my unfiltered thoughts. And for that, I'm very, very excited. (laughs) Now you know the general format, you know what to expect to tune in. Let's get into the topic for today. And the topic for today also has a lot to do with what's going on right now in my life. And that topic is sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. Some of my Instagram followers have an inkling of what's going on, but I have not shared any of this on TikTok yet because I have just been waiting for things to shake out and well, it's time. I also want to say that while sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace is definitely at the core of what I'm about to talk about, the real message that I want to share here is that when you bet on yourself, when you believe in yourself, you truly can do anything. With that, let's get into it. We have to go back in time a little ways. We have to go back three and a half years when an audiovisual integration firm reached out to me via LinkedIn looking to recruit me to come work for them. Until this point, I had spent most of my career working in heavy civil construction and engineering, and this company wanted to hire somebody that had a background like mine to help them grow and expand across the U.S. hired me because they wanted somebody to take them from being a reactive company that just waited for opportunities to come in the door to a proactive one who would go out and hunt and find work. wanted someone to help them navigate the world they were trying to enter, build a brand, and develop relationships that would help them win new work, and that someone was me. They first reached out to me. I told them, no, I loved the construction industry. I wasn't looking to leave it. And I also thought, you know what? I don't really want to leave an $8 billion a year company for a $200 million a year company. Like it just feels like a step backwards in my career. I also didn't know shit about audiovisual integration, frankly. They continued to push and push. And eventually I decided to hear them out. Ultimately, they really won me over on this idea of creating a new program from scratch, being able to implement something from the ground up and do it the way that I've always wanted to do it. Really spoke to the strategic side of my brain. And the more I thought about it, the more excited I got. Finally, I thought to myself, you know what? I've been doing the same thing or roughly the same thing for almost 15 years. Maybe now is a good time to take a risk, to take a leap and to try something totally different. It's excited about stepping outside of my comfort zone and being pushed to a different limit. They really convinced me that this was a great opportunity and that they needed someone just like me. My biggest fear at the time was what if I leave this great company that really cares about me where I enjoy what I'm doing. Maybe I'm a little bit bored, but I enjoy what I'm doing for a company that's terrible. Like what if they're terrible? (laughs) nothing, nothing could have prepared me for how terrible they really were. But I took a leap, I took a risk, and I took the position. Before I get into what transpired over the next three and a half years, I want to talk a little bit about what my experience was like working in heavy civil construction. Because while I do love it, and I did have a great experience overall, I also experienced a shit ton of sexual harassment. 
I've been groped, I've been touched, I've been hit on, I've been passed over because I'm a woman. I've been questioned and I've been accused of earning things for getting on my knees. I've been ignored and looked down upon. I've been approached sexually by men in power, by married men, you name it. I've had men that I work with tell me to look at their phone and when I look it's a photo of their dick. All this to say it is incredibly difficult to be a woman in a male-dominated industry. There is a built-in expectation that you just have to take these things because if you don't, then you will be deemed difficult, people won't want to work with you, and you won't last very long. That fucking sucks, but that's the reality that we're in. While I do believe things are getting better, we're not there yet. It is still so incredibly hard for women in these industries. Why am I telling you this? Because it sets the stage for what I'm about to tell you. In my nearly 20-year career, I have never gone to HR about all of the things that have happened to me. It is until October of this year, October 2022. I'm not proud about the fact that I've never gone to HR. I'm not proud about the fact that I was too scared to ever go to HR. As I saw what happened women who did were immediately labeled as difficult or even labeled as sluts. You do to deserve that kind of harassment. Maybe you should stop leading men on. You become the woman nobody wants to work with because suddenly men care more about their reputation than your actual real lived experience with harassment. Suddenly it's all about, oh, well, you can't be alone with her. She'll turn you in for sexual harassment. Just a fucking joke. Yeah, I never went to HR because I was afraid. Dead, I just took it. I took it all, pretended like it was just fine. I'd laugh it off and pretend like nothing had actually happened. Have any idea how much that sucks? Men out there listening to this, I hope you hear me. I hope you hear me when I tell you how much this sucks, how painful it is, how much it hurts. Awful it is to experience these things just for being a woman. I'm telling you all of this for context because this idea, this notion that women just need to take it sometimes comes back around. Okay, so let's go back to the point where I accept the position with the audiovisual integration firm. Within two months, I knew that this was an extremely toxic environment. The EO is an unhinged narcissist who has a massive problem with women and who leads with fear and intimidation. Maintain his entire goal in life is to erode the self-confidence and self-esteem of every employee that he comes into contact with. Unless you're one of his boys. When I tell you that this company was like the locker room of a 1950s country club in Connecticut, I'm not kidding. Then you also have the founder who's still involved at this point in time. And he and the CEO hate each other, so that's a lot of fun. Not toxic at all. Constantly undermining each other. It was seriously so bizarre. It was like watching a couple of 12-year-olds in a pissing contest or a dick measuring contest. It was like, guess what? Neither one of you have a big dick. You both have micropenises based on the way you act. The way the these men talk to their employees, it still makes my stomach hurt when I think about it. CEO in particular loved a public shaming. He would wait until there was a meeting with a whole bunch of people in it to let you have it. It was truly disgusting. If you were a woman, it was so much worse. Don't even get me started on how he told a female senior vice president that she needed leadership training simply because she didn't pander to his bullshit. Thinking about that and all the other things I experienced and witnessed makes me feel white hot rage. You must be asking yourself, how did I last for three and a half years? L1, as a remote employee, it was a lot easier for me to distance myself from all the bullshit, but also I had a really great team around me. Like the people there are really awesome. The leadership is just fucking terrible. The amount of people I saw quit in the three and a half years I was there, I've never seen anything like it. And they tried to blame the pandemic and I was like, oh God, this is not the pandemic's fault. This is the CEO's fault. Fault of this god awful toxic environment. Also spent a lot of time trying to change my mindset, right? Focus on the positive. Look at the good things about the job. Look at the flexibility you have. Like all these things that I had that were positive, I kept trying to go back to. The fact that I had to do that constantly, like every one to two months is just insane. Should have left a long time ago. I mentioned previously, this company works very hard to systematically erode your self-esteem and your confidence. And they did that to me big time. Then I hit my breaking point. Some of my TikTok followers may have seen a video I posted at the end of September, where I talked about my experience going to dinner with a couple of male co-workers 
coworkers. Before I made that video, I went to dinner with a couple of my male coworkers. One of those coworkers is a massive piece of shit, a misogynistic piece of shit. And lo and behold, he thought it was a good goddamn idea to talk shit about his wife in front of me. <laughs> yes, tale as old as time. Men talking shit about their wives when their wives aren't around to defend themselves. At one point, in a very unhinged, shrieky kind of way, he just yells, women are crazy. All women are crazy. And he looked over and he saw my face and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I said, women are not crazy, but if if they are, it's because men make them that way. I made a TikTok video talking about this experience and I used zero identifying information about this person. I said nothing specifically other than he was talking shit about his wife. And then I relayed the whole women are crazy conversation. What I didn't do is share the specifics about how he was talking about her body as a pregnant woman. Did I share what he said about the time she woke him up because she was frustrated that he fell asleep on the couch when she had repeatedly repeatedly asked him to go to bed with her and he jumped up, screamed in her face and said, I will murder you in the street. I didn't share that tidbit. I mean, doesn't that just sound like a lovely guy? Like exactly the kind of guy you'd want to be married to? <laughs> gross. I make the video and somehow his wife sees it. I have no idea who she is. I've never met her. I don't know anything about her. And somehow she sees this video and she sends it to him and she is pissed and she should be. Frankly, if she heard what he was actually saying, I think she'd be even madder. But instead of taking accountability for his actions and taking accountability for the shitty things he said about his wife when she wasn't present, he lost his shit on me. And of course he did, because that is what shitty men do. They don't take accountability. They don't take responsibility for their own behavior. They look for anyone else to blame. And that's exactly what he did here. We'll also keep in mind that we're all traveling for work. So we're all staying in the same hotel. The next morning he calls me and I'm still in my hotel room and he tells me that he needs to speak to me. Now, please keep in mind that this man is my junior by a lot. This is the same man that once told me I needed to schedule a meeting for him like I was his goddamn secretary. Yeah, that didn't go well for him. So I tell him, you know what? I'm right in the middle of something. I can meet you in a little bit. He's like, no, now. It's like, what the fuck? I thought to myself, what on earth could he be so pissed off about? And then I thought to myself, oh shit, has he seen the video? Well, I will remind you that I did not give any identifying information in this video. Again, not his name, not where we were, nothing. But I thought, well, if he saw the video, I'm going to put the video on private just in case that's what this is about. So I head down to the lobby and the minute I hit the lobby floor, he launches at me and starts screaming at me with his finger an inch away from my nose. Get down. You took the video down. And I was like, oh, so this is about the video. And he proceeds to verbally assault me for a solid 15 minutes, calling me old and toxic and telling me that just because I'm a failure at relationships doesn't mean that everybody else should have their relationships fail. Too old to be this toxic. He just kept going on and on and on. So I said to him, did I say anything you didn't say? Did I make anything up? You're mad because you got caught. You're mad because you upset your wife with your words. Now, because I'm a goddamn adult and a professional, I didn't rise to his level of anger. I didn't get back in his face. I simply stood there and looked at him. Let him have his mantrum. That's man tantrum. <laughs> Honestly, it's always going to be a regret of mine that I didn't unleash on him the way I could have. Also, I'm not going to lie. I was afraid. He was unhinged. He said multiple times that he would murder me. Multiple times he would murder anyone that would harm his family. The ironic part of that is that I didn't hurt his family. He did. But men like that will never accept that kind of responsibility. After he's done berating me and telling me how toxic, old, and terrible I am, he storms off. And I did what I have never done in my 20-year career, and that is tell HR. Because here's the thing. 
what I do on my social media, what I do in my private time isn't up to them. It's up to me and I can do whatever the hell I want. We also didn't have a social media policy. I never signed anything that would prevent me from having a presence on social media. Also, zero identifying information about the company that I worked for. Zero identifying information about the person who this was about. And I have never blurred that line. I have never posted about where I work. I've never mentioned the name of the company I work for. I have always kept those things separate. Saying an anecdote about something you overheard somebody say is not the same thing as disparaging the company you work for. And everybody talks shit about their coworkers. I just had a bigger audience and he was mad. Mostly he was mad that he got caught. So I contacted HR because I truly did not feel safe. I was traveling with this person. I was at a conference with this person and this person would get very, very drunk in the evenings. And he was also very well known for having a terrible temper. Doesn't that just sound like the type of person you want working for you and representing your company? Anyway, so I filed a formal report with HR. Initial filing went fine. The HR person handled it well, and he was very quick to point out that this person's behavior was unacceptable. I stupidly thought, well, maybe this is all going to be okay then. (laughs) Not even close. You know how they tell you that if you file an HR report that it's illegal to retaliate against you? sure. Okay. The first thing that happened is that everybody was talking about it. So a confidential HR matter suddenly became the number one hot goss in the company. We're talking about it in meetings. I was getting text messages saying, oh my gosh, I heard what happened. Like, how the fuck did you hear? So-and-so told me. It was like a game of gossip. That wasn't the worst of it. The worst came when I was at a conference in Los Angeles. The CEO was flying in for it. When he got there, I was listening to one of the speakers and I saw him out of the corner of my eye and he waved for me to come outside. And the way he waved at me, well... Imagine how you will if you have a belligerent five-year-old who's refusing to come over to you and you wave to them and tell them to get over here right now. Yeah, that's kind of how it looked. It's like, oh shit. Keep in mind, this was about two weeks after the incident and I had no idea if the CEO even knew, but based on the way he gestured me to come outside, I figured he probably did. So we are in a public space with people all around us and he decides that that is the time to berate me, to verbally accost me. He said, I can't believe what you've done. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, you're going to sit there and pretend like you haven't done anything here. And I said, are you referring to the, what I thought was confidential HR matter? Yeah. He didn't like that very much. So he called me a bonehead. Yeah. A CEO calling one of his vice presidents in a public setting a bonehead. Remember how I said they act like fucking 12-year-olds? Yeah. So he's just going off on me and I'm just sitting there staring at him because what am I going to do? Make a scene in a public space? He had that more than covered. And he said the thing that made my blood boil. Now keep in mind that this is a white man, a white cishet man that had the audacity to tell me that he's never used his white male privilege in his career. (laughs) He's had to work so hard for everything he's ever gotten. By the way, that was his response to me when I asked him why we didn't have a better diversity and inclusivity program. This man, this same man that doesn't believe in diversity and inclusivity because he's only going to ever hire the best person for the job, and usually that's a white man, this man had the audacity to look me in the eyes and say to me, as a woman in a male-dominated industry, there are times you have to learn to just take it. You need to learn how to take a joke. You need to learn how to not take things so seriously. You need to learn when a man is kidding around about his wife versus when he's being serious. And you honestly say to me that he was saying those things with animosity? I looked at him and I said, well, he did say that he wanted to murder his wife in the street, so yeah, 
I would say there was animosity. But the fact that that motherfucker had the audacity to say that to me, the audacity to say to me that there are times in my career where I was just going to have to take it after having taken it for 20 fucking years. Well, that was ultimately the beginning of the end. Then I formulated a plan. That plan was to spruce up my resume, start applying for other positions, get through the holidays and leave in January. So I started down that road. I started applying for positions here and there. I wasn't in a big rush yet because I knew I had until January. Then something happened. One of the positions that I'd applied for reached out to me and wanted to interview me. I interviewed with this company and it went so well. It was exactly what I needed. It reminded me, oh right, I'm fucking great at my job oh right, this terrible company that I've been working for has eroded my confidence and self-esteem to the point where I didn't believe in myself anymore. And here's a company telling me how great I am and how much they would love to have somebody on like me on board. It was this immediate infusion of confidence and it felt so nice. Well, I started to look a little more diligently. This had all transpired from like mid-September until the end of October. Then at the beginning of November, I was at another conference with my colleagues and I just was like, you know what? I cannot do this anymore. I cannot subject myself to this place any longer. I had a plan and I didn't have a job lined up yet, but sometimes you have to throw the plan out the window because life is short and I am not going to spend any more time being miserable. I refuse to give any more of myself to this place. I called my sister-in-law and I told her, I don't think I can make it to January. And she goes, then quit now. Because I was going to quit in January, whether I had a job or not. So this was just moving up the timeline. So that was that. I decided. I decided that I was done. I decided that I was going to take a gamble, but this time the gamble would be on me. I was definitely scared. I mean, quitting your job before you have a new one in place, especially when you're a single mom with zero financial support, well, it's a big deal. I told myself, I believe in you. You can do this. You will end up somewhere great. I have no doubt. I've been recruited in my last three positions and there is a reason for that. The minute I made the decision that I was quitting, the weight of the world lifted from my shoulders. I felt so free. Happiness far outweighed the fear. I composed my resignation letter and I tell you what, I did not hold back them exactly why I was leaving. I talked about the misogyny and the toxicity and the harassment. In fact, the only thing I didn't bring up that I probably should have was that one of my married co-workers tried to kiss me. I just wanted out. The resignation letter to my boss, the head of HR for our company and the head of HR for the parent company. I wasn't going to let them bury it. I wrote that letter for two reasons. One of those reasons was absolutely for me. I wanted a chance to say my piece, but the other reason was for the female co-workers I was leaving behind. There were so many great women that worked at this company that were just shit all over. I had to say something. I had to hope that maybe, maybe the CEO and others would be held accountable if I spoke up. Maybe things might improve for the women I left behind. Hope they do. Actually, no, I'd rather they fucking quit. Anyway, as you can imagine, that resignation letter went off like a bomb. While I had given them notice, they decided that that was my final day and that was fine with me because I was finally fucking free. And you know what else? Within two days, I had seven companies looking to hire me. I'd flown out to California for an interview and then flown out to Atlanta for another. In the first week, I whittled those seven companies down to my top three. Then a week and a half, 
I had three incredible offers. The offers that far exceeded my expectations. Offers that every single one would have been a win. And I made my choice and I signed an offer the day before Thanksgiving. All three offers were in male-dominated industries. One of the biggest reasons I chose the company that I did was because when I was interviewing with them, I told them that I wanted to create a group for women, a network for women within the company. I wanted to create an organization that empowered, uplifted, and created leadership opportunities for women. I wouldn't accept an offer without that. And not only did they agree, they told me that was one of the biggest reasons why they wanted to hire me. They wanted to hire somebody that wanted to have a positive impact on their culture and their diversity and their inclusivity. They said to me, you lead it and we'll fund it. So not only did I end up in an incredible position that will allow me to grow professionally, I also get to include what I'm personally passionate about. My friends is empowering women and creating safe spaces for women in places they are typically not. I have support all the way to the top, all the way to the CEO. I am so incredibly excited to start down this new path. Starting till January, I decided I needed a month of decompression between the mayhem of my other job ending and the mayhem of interviewing. I'm just ready for a break. So I want you to look at what was accomplished in just one month's time, in less than one month, frankly. I decided to bet on myself. I left a job that was toxic and no longer serving me. I was invited to interview with seven different companies. I received three incredible offers and I accepted one. Changed the entire trajectory of my life in one month. Not only is this a new career for me, but it's also a relocation. It's given the option of the West or the East, and I chose the East. Told me I can live anywhere I want on the East Coast. Well, I could have picked the West and I could have stayed in Utah for that. I picked the East because I am ready for a new adventure. I'm ready for a change of scenery. I'm ready for something new. I've lived in Utah my whole life, and I'm just ready to try something else. Frankly, I'm desperate for a sense of community that is almost impossible to get here unless you're of the predominant religion. Desperate for diversity of people and diversity of thought. I'm tired of the homogeny and the sameness and the conservatism in Utah. Utah is a beautiful place to live, and I will always love it here, but my God... If you're liberal at all, <laughs> it's rough. It's time for me to make a change. I am so excited and I am also scared. And I think riding that line is actually a good place to be. I won't be moving though for about six months because I'm waiting for my daughter to finish the 10th grade. Come June, my life will be changing drastically and I am ready. You better believe I'll be sharing this entire process with all of you. Excited to share this whole process with you and I'm so curious how it's going to be. Honestly, so surreal to think about that in six months time, I will be living in a place so incredibly different than what I'm used to. And right now, the place that I am targeting is Virginia. In fact, I'm actually heading there this next week to scope out some of the cities and neighborhoods that I'm interested in and I am excited. I just truly believe that I am standing on the precipice of the rest of my life right now and that feels so incredibly exciting. Exciting and daunting, not gonna lie. Like I said before, that's okay. That's a good place to be. I think a healthy level of fear is good as long as it doesn't hold you back. And honestly, this entire process, this whole thing of betting on myself and taking a leap and quitting my job before I had another one just tells me that you cannot let fear hold you back. Fear kept me rooted in place for far too long. Fear kept me in place for three and a half years and it never should have. So don't let fear hold you back. Take that leap. Take that risk. Honestly, believe in yourself. That is so incredibly important. If I didn't believe in myself, I would still be working there and I would still be miserable instead of being so excited about what the future holds. Having the Sunday scaries every Sunday like I have for the last three and a half years. Be dreading going to work on Monday because I wasn't sure what unhinged, insane comment I was going to get from the leader of 
of a company. Just want to add one more thing before I hopefully never talk about that asshat again. This whole idea that he never used his white male privilege. <laughs> if he wasn't a white man, he would not be a CEO. Because if a woman or a person of color was acting the way he acts, they never would have gotten anywhere. I promise you that. The only reason a man like that got to where he is is because of his privilege, period. Because there were no barriers in his way as he didn't have to just take it his entire career. I'm done talking about him because honestly, when I think about him, have y'all seen the movie Clue? One of my favorites of all time. But there's a moment when Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White says something and it so perfectly illustrates how he makes me feel. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths. <laughs> Seriously, one of the best movies ever and one of the best lines from that movie. Oh, I love it so much. And with that, my dear friends, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. Thank you again for being here. It means the world to me. And please don't forget to share, subscribe, like, rate, review, all the things. If you feel so inclined and would like to support me, you can join me on Patreon for $7 a month. There's already a video up there of me responding to a ding dong from TikTok in a way that would absolutely have gotten me banned on TikTok. <laughs> so if you can join me on Patreon, I would love that. And if you can't, I love that too. I'm so happy you're here with me and I would love it if you could share this with your friends, with your family, with anyone you think could benefit from my message because you know, sharing is caring. That's right, sharing is caring. You know what else is caring? Smashing the fucking patriarchy. I love you all. <laughs>